There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Okay, and here we are, our second edition ever of the Spiritual Sleepover. And it feels so good to be here with you all. Honestly, the biggest problem with this segment is that just hitting the record button takes a lot because (laughs) we talk so much and we have so much eventful things happening in our lives and we laugh, we cry. And then we're like, oh, should we hit record and start recording this episode? And so here we are, but I'm so excited. This is so much fun. I've been looking forward to it. How are you both feeling with our second edition of Spiritual Sleepover? I'm just looking Uh, up and we've been talking for 45 minutes already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling groovy. I love the spiritual sleepover and it's just, yeah, it's my life. I'm into it and I'm into everyone who's listening, getting to dive into this frequency with us just on a monthly basis. It feels clean. It feels good. And honestly, all the content that I've been like, oh, I want to listen to a podcast or I want to watch a show or I want to whatever. It's like, not it, you know, like the vibe just isn't it. It's like super conditioned or it's super fake or it's super toxic or it's super like put on. And I want cozy sleepover vibes all the time. And I only get this once a month. Well, well. on here. See, like we're getting into, that's where I'm at. We're getting into spooky season vibes. Well, you know, that starts for me in August, but whenever I think of sleepover, I think of how I used to make my friends like do like little covens, but I didn't know it was a coven. So (laughs) (laughs) I used to make us like go in the basement, turn all the lights off and like sit in a circle with like a Chex mix and like chant and try to tell like telekinesis move the Chex mix. Yes. Um, Anyway, this, this, this is my adult version of that. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember going to sleepovers where there was always that girl that would be like, let's do like, like, light as a feather, sip is board. Board. And like, okay. Yeah. That we was would, me. We would always build it. like a fort and be like super proud of our fort. But at one point in the night, the fort would collapse suddenly and oh, like so scare. Very good. No, we weren't. And we weren't careful. We'd like stack a bunch of books on like, you know, to keep the one sheet, corner and then it would like yeah. slip. And like halfway through the night, you'd just be sleeping so cozy. And then all of a sudden, like an earthquake of like the fort crumbling. And we kind of lived for the danger though. Oh. Like we never got better at it or we're like, we don't want that to happen next time. And we were like, kind of slept with one eye open with the excitement. And you kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. We, we did yeah. like <laughs> You like being like, Emma, our like really close friend. She like, she always says things like that. Like we will be out at night on a walk. She'll be like, I, I hope there's a mountain lion stalking us right now. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> like the danger of like, you don't want to be attacked by a mountain lion, but you want to be stalked. Like you don't want to like be hit in the head by a book from your fort, but you want it to like scary almost but that almost hit you like what but that's why i like spooky season because you can go to haunted houses and get that feeling you don't need to 
think of an actual dangerous mountain lion stalking you. You could like have some guy in Pasadena like pop out at you. <laughs> I don't know why I said Pasadena. But... Some guy. Yeah, I'm like Pasadena. not trying to have that. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were saying. I feel like that. You know how you like drive to the closest like suburban like area to go to like the big haunted house, but it's like, you know, where all the nice houses are that give out the full candy bars for Halloween. Like those are the places that have like a really good haunted house and you, you know, you drive for those. Have you been to a haunted house like recently? No, no. I mean, I like Universal Studios, Hollywood Horror Nights. I think I did like a few years ago, but I'm just not. Not it's so even. funny. We're polarized. Like you're so you're Halloween queen. Herbert is year round. Your skeleton in the background already right here. And I am like, I honestly don't remember the last time I celebrated Halloween or even put up a single Halloween decoration other than a candle that I always just have all the time. But a Halloween candle or just no, candle? I'm just saying like, that's as spooky as I get over here is oh. lighting a candle at night. Oh. Gotcha, yeah, Dana, how about you? Have you been to a haunted house recently? No, the last one I went to was also uh, Universal Studios, and that was probably 16 years ago. Well, oh, let's go. No, we're doing next month. I was expecting, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a live podcast like at some spooky event in October. Ooh, oh, I like it. I like Damn. it. The scariest okay. haunted house. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you have? I no, I had nothing to say. I just said okay. <laughs> it seemed like you were training thoughts, but I need to talk about this one story. So it was after Halloween and I was still feeling the buzz. And I was probably like 16 or something. <laughs> and I Googled, it was like December. I Googled like haunted houses year round and like in the yellow pages, because this is how old I am. It said like the scariest haunted house in all of Michigan. So I made my friend's mom drive us and it was an hour and a half away. And we roll up to this strip mall and on like cardboard, it's like the scariest haunted house in Michigan. We're like, what the heck? <laughs> And honestly, to this day, it was the scariest haunted house I've ever been in in my life. There were parts where you had to like crouch down to the floor and go through a crawl space in pitch dark and they would grab your arms and. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, never in my life. Was it like, were you terrified? Yes, that was the one I like. I like to pretend that I'm really cool in haunted houses and be like, ha, good one. And like, I really respect the art of it, you know? So I, yeah. <laughs> but this time they were also what was so crazy is the whole time we were going through that crawl space, there was a faint sound of a train coming toward us. And then it got louder and louder as you're going through the crawl space. So there was like imminent, like, I need to get out of this or else the train's going to hit me. Cause you didn't know where the yeah, train yeah, was coming yeah. from. And it was all psychosomatic because everything's pitch dark. So like your mind will make up tricks yeah. on you, which is so totally. crazy. It was like torture essentially. Yeah. yeah. I would do I it again. I don't, I don't, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't yeah, like that. Any... Like toxic when we want to be scared, but we don't want to be too scared. Yeah. Like I want you to like <laughs> sick. Yeah, I want you to almost chop my head off, but like, don't do it. <laughs> like, like, what is that? Um, but it's fitting that we're talking about this energy because we're as this episode comes out next week, it's going to be fall equinox in a few days, and it's we're officially going into fall, which feels so cozy, and it feels. Oh, I'm ready for fall. I'm, oh, I'm not over summer, but I'm like, I'm ready. It just feels perfectly on time. You know, like I got the perfect amount of 
summer vibes and now I'm wanting the I'm wanting the cozy candle warm drink Mm -hmm. like snuggly in your soul vibe wait I'm really curious I don't think I know this about either of you what is your favorite season fall fall is I mean because of Halloween is that why and just the whole vibe or what I've always loved fall. I think it's also too like, well, growing up in Michigan, like seeing the the leaves change was really special mm-hmm. here in LA. It's like 90 degrees until December. So it's a little different, yeah, a little different, but I love Halloween and then summer is mm-hmm. a close second. How about you? Guys? Okay. What about you, Shana? Um, I love spring. I'm like a spring chicken. I love spring. I love that all the birds are chirping. I've talked about that so much on this fucking podcast, like birds are chirping plants are chirping, bugs are chirping, like sun is like, like getting like brighter every day. It's brighter and brighter, like long for longer. You know, I just mm-hmm. feel like I'm waking up and I love spring. It feels so good. Wow. I can't believe I never like asked that. that? What's yours? Yes. What about you? Mine is hands down. 100% summer always. Yeah. Forever. I knew it. Duh. I didn't even need like, to ask. Leo, I know. Son. Yeah, I know. I'm such a summer person. I love summer. I live for summer this last summer. Oh, so good. But I also feel like going with the seasons feels really refreshing. And like part of what makes life so special is the fact that we move in these cycles and like, you know, if the cycles, if you was summer forever, it would lose its special, you know, quality. Yeah. So accepting the fact that it's fall feels really cozy, but I've always, um, felt like I have to grieve the end of summer my whole life. I've always felt that like, it's Whoa. like depressing to move into the fall because it's like over it's over. Well, and it's you're a Leo. Yeah. yeah so. I feel that too. It's like the summer Sunday scaries almost. And yeah, I used exactly to- like, Oh, time to get back to fucking reality. School. Back <laughs> yeah. to school. I, yeah. feel, I felt that too, where it's like, and, cause my birthday's in the summer too. And I love the yeah. summer, but it's like the second after my birthday ends, I'm like grieving, like going back to school or like then yeah. starting. So I think when fall, it's like, I've already had the acceptance and the grieving of like yes. summer's over and now I'm starting fresh. So I think that's why, but summer is like, but see, I, I'm such a future focused bitch that like, I love spring because it's like, because it's summer, looking it's, forward so much ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. It's like a new season. Like there's so much ahead of you and it's not so like you like spring because you like summer so much that you want a whole season before summer. Yeah. It's like Secretly. before you go on a trip, when you're like <laughs> getting on the plane, like you're not in Italy, but like you're on your way to Italy. Yeah, it's the, it's before. like, that's the best part of the trip. Okay. It's not like that. all ahead of you. That's because your sexual type is the energetic. You like the lead up. You like, like the, the anticipation. anticipation. You like yeah. that it hasn't happened yet, but it might. But then once like, it's actually here, I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of eh. tired. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, and just take a nap. And that's honestly how I school. feel about summer too. Oh, like yeah. once it's actually here, I'm like, oh, do I want to go out on a boat? Back to school was so depressing for me as a child. Like I remember feeling full fledged depression and just being like, why do we have to do this? I hate school. I hate wearing jeans. I hate everything about back to school is how I felt yeah. as a child. Well, everyone's going back to school except for <laughs> everyone that listens to this podcast. So. <laughs> Um, uh, let's talk about the transits. Yeah. And Steffi hit us with what's the transits. Yeah, I we mean, we're out of Venus retrograde. We're still in Mercury retrograde for a moment. We have a lot of planets in the outer retrogrades too. Uh, nothing big, big, big is happening 
from now until next month. So I'm kind of like excited for the break mentally and physically besides the equinox, mm. which is big, you know, we're moving into from Virgo season into Libra season, which is, you know, September 22nd this year. So how, I don't know. How do you guys feel like during this retrograde, what's been going, coming up for you? Mm. Well, I've been feeling a lot of, um, relief because this whole last spring, like the, um, eclipses and then like Venus retrograde, I feel like it really hit the people around me really deeply. And I've been feeling this like feeling of relief, even though we've gone into Mars retrograde now, um, I've been noticing all around my friends, like this lightness and like a lot of abundance and just like floating kind of energy. So for me, it's felt really good, but in our human design transits, when we're in Virgo season, a lot of the Virgo gates are very mental energy, which is of course, you know, Virgo has that quality of mentally analyzing things. So it's really like, if you can just use this time for reflection with your mind, I feel like you're really free and light, but if you're trying to have your mind rule your life, it can feel like a really confusing time. Like you're trying to get your shit together, but you don't have all of the answers. So I've been kind of noticing both of those themes. First of all, just sort of like a relief as far as our overall year picture. But I've also been noticing like the people who are really aligned with their inner compass and their strategy and authority in my life are doing awesome right now. And the people who don't know their strategy and authority are struggling right now because they're so in their mind, like, well, on one hand, there's this and trying to create stories to convince themselves of certain things. So I've been seeing kind of like that polarity and it all sort of depends on if the people in my life have been in the highest expression of like knowing how to navigate their energy and alignment, or if they're kind of someone who gets stuck in that analysis paralysis because Virgo season's bringing that so intensely. Totally. And I think with the retrogrades, you know, there's so much, um, like fog around, uh, making decisions and like, what should you do and what should you commit to? And what should you not? And what do you value? And what, what are you going to do with your whole fucking life? Like that kind of energy. Um, and then polarized with like, don't do anything, just enjoy summer. And then now I think we're going, we're shifting into more like revelations dropping in for people. If they, if they have been, you know, honoring their body and listening to your strategy and authority, like you were just saying, I think that this is this season, this Virgo season, the next few weeks, right before the fall equinox, um, is a really great time for a lot of clarity to come in for people of just like Mm -hmm. ahas realizations and, um, like all the things that you've been mulling over for the last month or so to just kind of feel a sense of clarity and focus, um, a little bit more groundedness, but then of course, in a few days after you're listening to this, then it's all about the body. It's all about honoring your body. It's all about listening to your body. And when we talk about the body, we have no choice, but to talk about your strategy and authority because your, your authority comes from your body. So the more that you listen to your authority, really accessing your truth, whether that's splenic and your intuition and instincts, or whether that's your G center and talking it out or your emotional center and really feeling your emotions, whatever your center is with your authority. That is my biggest tip for this fall equinox is to really nurture your authority, because that's going to be the thing that nurtures your body the most, because the fall equinox is all about, like you said, Steffi, at least with the transits, it's that fresh start, like new chapter. What is my body attuning to and what supports and nurtures my body in a way that brings me like spiritual depth and knowing. And I think the easiest place to focus on, if you don't know everything about human design is 
your strategy and authority and like, okay, I have emotional authority, which is half the people listening to this, like really feeling your emotions, really like seeing the beauty there and how they make you a more spiritually deep person, like really seeing the beauty and magic within your emotions. I think that's the most nurturing. And then for splenic, like be spontaneous. That's going to honor your body for sacral, like be fucking delicious. Like literally this whole week, I would recommend have every single meal be a delicious bite that you want to eat. Like don't settle for like, Oh, it's here. Like, okay. Like, no, that juicy, delicious bite. That's like the goal this week. And then, um, for all the other like rarer ones, I would say, talk it out, talk, talk, talk to your guides and yourself and all the things this week. Um, and share the things like out loud with your voice that feel good and nurturing to your body, whether that's like getting a massage or putting on, you know, lotion that you really love or an essential oil or going for a walk, like say all those things out loud. So those are my tips for the fall equinox based on your design. Um, and like the top authorities, but we're getting into, we're getting out of the mind and into the body this week, but the, for the last few days of this week right now, let those ahas come, let that clarity come. You're meant to use your mind here, but just not making your decisions that way. Well, it's really funny is both of you said things that are so poignant in astrology as well, because obviously human design and astrology are yeah. so related, but like the Vir- I always see this happening with Virgo season where we get so in our heads, we so self-sabotage, and then we're so future focused in a way that we're like, we're not good enough. And I see that mm-hmm. happening every freaking year that there is a shift, like right from Leo season into Virgo season. It's like, wait, what am I doing with my life? When Leo season, yeah. you're like, I'm just like in the sun, I'm having yeah. a good time. And then it's like, holy crap, like this thing feels heavier, but it's interesting. I need to go back to the store and get all my notebooks and pins and backpacks. Like when you're going back back to school. Oh oh my God. I'm going to show you this off camera. Hold on a second. I'm going to pull up what I just pulled out. And this is so Virgo season. I can't even (laughs) literally colored pencils in every color. (laughs) And I I wrote, so the other day I was, I was having a lot of anxiety, which I tend to do during Virgo season. I've, I've tracked this for at least the last five years that this time of year, especially is really hard for me because this is my South node is in Virgo. And Mm -hmm. I always get into this point where I'm really overanalyzing and the anxiety is living so in my brain and it's very overstimulating. And Andrew, my partner was like, why don't you write it down? And I was like, wait, yeah, that what? I always do that. But for some reason I was letting it live there. I got my colored pencils, like color coded pencils and wrote it down. And that shit felt so Virgo mm-hmm. and felt so good. But as we're moving into the equinox with, with Mars and Libra and we're moving into Libra season and you know, Mars ruling the physical body, it's literally what both of you just said. It's like, instead of getting into our head, we're getting into our bodies. And with Mars being there, it's also about like letting that balance happen. Like maybe some days are heady, maybe some days are body, maybe some days are heart focused. And then really getting into your personal relationships. What do those look like? What do those collaborations look like? Who's important in your life? Who's showing up? How do you want to feel seen in your relationships? And that's going to nurture you basically until mid-October. Mm, yeah, I love it. Oh, and I, I feel it. that in my soul, it just feels so, so good and relationships and people and community. It's like been so, such a big focus in my life lately. Beautiful. And now Same. I'm like, okay, but, but the people and places and community within my body, like, what is that? 
there's a lot there's a lot in there well also the community of-, of my biome the community <laughs> yeah. of my gut huh wait but i've also, been focusing like, on that too spiritual community of like my not self and my self and my all like, my personalities all, yeah all the highest expressions lowest expressions of my gifts like battling it out constantly <laughs> Yeah, yeah you know there's virgo, a lot going on in virgo there. rules like stomach stuff so i always say yeah. like virgo ibs happens a lot during virgo season mm-hmm. um and then libra is like kidneys and filtration so it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see that how that might yeah. shift if we're, if we're focusing on like the actual elements of the body and yes. when it comes to astrology i love totally. it Amazing. Okay. So the next segment of this conversation is where each one of us brings a little bit of tea to the table. And event. Did, did you bring a current event, Shayna? You never do your don't, homework. Don't ask me questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the answer. It's back yeah. to school. Back <laughs> yeah. to school. Did you organize your assignment? <laughs> no, bitch. I just show up. That's all that I need to do. That's a okay. good lesson in life, but I, have I know. A, okay. Dana, do you have something you want to bring to the table? Um, I just wanted to talk about burning man, of course, oh. um, because for all of you that have social media or any form of media, I'm sure you heard about burning man. Like I was reading about it this morning and someone brought it to the president in like a press conference. And he was like, yes, we're, we're concerned about the people out at burning. Stop. Man. And I'm like, the president is talking about Burning Man. So for everyone listening, my husband's been going to Burning Man like every single year since 2007. And I've been to Burning Man for 10 years. And we, in the summer, we live in Lake Tahoe, which is really close to where they have Burning Man. So like a lot of our community is connected to it. A lot of our friends create large scale art that goes out there. And we've been going for a really long time. And I have a total love hate relationship with burning man at this point as i think a lot of people do because it's both on one hand the most amazing incredible experience ever and on the other hand it's so chaotic it's so many people that are there to party there's so much overstimulation stimulation there's like so many loud sounds and loud lights and porta potties and like drug use and you know there's like it's the full spectrum and now there's 73 thousand people that go to burning man. This city is created in the desert. It's when it's happening, it's the second largest city in all of Nevada. It's huge, right? So there's a hospital, there's a police force, there's a mail station, there's an airport all out in the middle of this beautiful, quiet, sacred desert land. And we go camping in that desert too, when burning man's not happening. And so there's just so many factors about burning man that are you know, so multifaceted. And I think if you ask a lot of like this year, there was, um, protesters that were stopping the road as people were coming in that had chained themselves to a trailer to, to raise awareness for the fact that burning man is not good for the environment, which it's not. I mean, there's 73,000 people living off of generators out in the middle of the desert. But on the other hand of that burning man has made it a strong moral obligation since the beginning to be extremely considerate of the land that it's on. You're not allowed to drop any water on the playas, what they call it, the ground there. You're not allowed to pee on the ground. You're not allowed to spit your toothpaste out on the ground. Any water that you bring in, you need to bring out that gray water and, um, anything that they burn out on the playa, they put down a false earth underneath it so that they scoop out all of that ash, all of those nails. And 
you know, I, I think that in the highest expression, it truly is like so important to that community to be extremely respectful of the land and to pack everything in, to pack everything out. And the, you know, it's something that's so cool about Burning Man though, is it's like, it's this social experiment and to see it evolve over the 10 years that I've been going or more than 10 years that I've been going is crazy. Like it started as this truly counterculture event that I think was so special. And now it is mainstream culture. My point in saying all of that, if you haven't heard the news is that it rained and there was like this mud apocalypse, but it was fine. And the media like took the story and freaking ran with it. And we got messages from like 10 of our relatives, Jared's aunt, who lives in Canada. Like, are you guys at Burning Man? We're so worried about you. We heard that they're putting FEMA in there for this crisis. And like, (laughs) So there, the point of this is that there's so many, it's this multitude of stories that are all connected to Burning Man. You love it or you hate it. And it's the most amazing, liberating place ever where art is at the center, community efforts are at the center. And it's also this place where there's ego and partying and frivolity and, you know, it's not good for the environment. And I'm curious, did you guys read all the news too? Did you see it popping up all over the place on your stories and social media and everything everywhere? I mean, it was like, everybody is talking about it. And I think that, you know, I, I definitely think like many things, um, when Burning Man first started, there was different intentions and different culture around it. And we didn't have as much information. Like we didn't have as much social media where people are sharing what they're doing and there's so much communication about it. And so every year we have more and more information at like faster paces. And so Mm -hmm. there's so many more opinions and epiphanies and like people and just fucking things happening there. Mm -hmm. Um, where, yeah, you can still go and connect with that, like culture that, you know, was initially created there and have a really amazing life-changing experience, but also there's a whole underbelly side that's like, um, you know, extremely privileged and, and it's like, we let's all go and, you know, use our privilege to have a once in a lifetime experience that we're going to do every year for the next 15 years with the same group of people that we've been doing it with this whole time. And it's like, um, it's like playing dress up at being poor where like people are actually, <laughs> you know, living in, living in situations like that, where it's like, let me pay a ton of money to go experience that. And of course there's like low income tickets and there's like ways that, you know, you don't have to be super privileged to go there, but the majority of people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to go yeah. there and like party, but put a label on it as like being deep or being spiritual or being, you know, whatever. And of course, in any situation, there's spiritual depth because we're, we're Mm -hmm. all human beings. Like you can go to a freaking rave or like go to freaking like a super toxic place. You can live in an abusive family. That's like super toxic and still have like spiritual enlightenment and depth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can access that anywhere. So I'm definitely not saying that Burning Man doesn't have any benefits, But I do think the more information people have and the more people are communicating about it and sharing about it and all the things and all the pictures coming out, it's like, you have to be, it's an environment that you have to be really intentional about. And Mm -hmm. it is an environment that, or an experience that you can't get anywhere else because it's Burning Man and it's so unique. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has like its pull. So I am not pro Burning Man. I'm not against Burning Man, but I'm definitely not like, I'm kind of like, 
like just not my life and also <laughs> like I don't know how beneficial it is like you could maybe go have a similar experience that's way more profound somewhere else um at this point because of the like you know just the way it's been totally like billionaired out and like and and even like with the conversation of like respecting the playa and everything like when it rained like I saw so many pictures of people like taking the playa and forming it into like dicks yeah. or snowmen mm-hmm. or like uh-huh. you know where it's like okay like, I don't think that's yeah. respecting the earth I think that everybody's just like literally put themselves in a situation where now they're stuck and have well, nothing. That's to all do. that I saw like on TikTok. I I think that's like, I I've never been, but I've always respected when people feel the call to like go to burning totally. Man because I've actually, I had several of my friends like going through something rough and they wanted to go there to like actually physically burn things that are like going to set them into, yeah. this new, which I think is so amazing and profound. And obviously Dana, I've heard amazing Same. stories and like that, but mm-hmm. Once the TikTok turned into this is trendy and we have to go here and this is the content like a content creation machine, that's when I'm like, wait, what is what's happening? So I'm like very open to both both sides. I see both sides, but it is weird, especially when this natural disaster is happening, that people it's just it became all about them and what they could film, which is honestly just it could go for any situation. If there's a natural event, like a a natural disaster, anything is like everyone whipping out their phones to record it because they want to be the first person to the scene. So it also mm -hmm. goes to show you how much the media dramatizes the tiniest thing and blows it out of the water to be like, this is horrible situation. It's like, how many things in our lives do we see? And we're like, holy shit, that's awful. But like, in reality, it was like bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also at the same time, at the same time, all that's in the media because there's these like privileged billionaire people and even celebrities that are going like, think about the other things that are happening on earth right now that are actually bad, actually should have our attention, but this is a better story because it's like the wealth, the elite. But I'll tell you the things that I think the takeaways that I think are really special from Burning Man. One of them is camping in a harsh environment, I think is so good for you. Learning how to manage your water and your waste, I think is crucial. And if more people had that experience and understood, or even just, you know, camped at all in a trailer and had to manage their water tanks, you start to realize how much water you're using and, you know, the way that that is such an important part of our life. And I think that our removal from those things is is not helpful. If we're more connected to what we're actually using, like if every person had a meter and their water turned off at the time that they've overused, used something, and there was no way to buy your way around that. I think we'd have such a better outlook of like taking responsibility. And that conservation is a part of abundance. It is a part of protecting our, our nature and our mother. And The other thing about Burning Man that I think is so beautiful, one of the original things that struck me so much back in the day is this like radical self-expression and to feel like there's a place to express yourself and to dress Mm. however the hell you want. And I don't see that at Burning Man as much anymore. I see people dressing in trends and wearing what other people are wearing and buying things from Amazon. But back in the day, when you, when you went there, it wasn't all just like hot people wearing outfits. It was everything like people truly expressing themselves and getting to wear, you know, a dress or a tutu or be naked or, you know, whatever crazy weird thing. And the space to express yourself and to honestly be unique is obviously something that is so crucial and important. 
And I think like, you don't need to go to Burning Man to learn how to appreciate your resources you're using or to genuinely give yourself permission to self-express yourself and to be playful with the things that you create in this life. But, um, I think those two takeaways, it's like, are really solid and have genuinely changed my life and the rest of it. Oh man, I'm, I'm a bit over it at the moment. <laughs> I know there's honestly in the art, like there was nothing quite like riding your bike out into the middle of the desert. And then like all of a sudden, like, it seems like it appears out of nowhere, like a giant art installation. That's like the coolest art you've ever seen. Like that mm-hmm. is, I definitely think something that's so special about it that you can't get just by like going camping or like, right. you know, dressing how you want at home. Like, I do think that that's so and like the temple and all of that, I think yeah, is, the temple is, is so really special. special and beautiful. So like everything in life, there's pros and cons. And like, you just gotta do them. I mean, for me, I feel like you just got to do the most authentic thing. Like yeah. whatever situation you're in, Keep like, can real. you just be authentic? Keep like, it real. And- be a good person. Be present with where you are and the people that you're around and, and authentic for you, not like you. doing it for your ego or for someone else or for like whatever, but just genuinely being authentic. And I think that that is the most valuable thing. I saw something that was like, I just want one honest person to like, just tell me the real shit about this Bernie man experience. Like I like, there's no way that, you know, pooping in an unserviced Porter potty for the last 10 days was the best experience of your life. Like, just tell me the real shit. Like, obviously there's mm-hmm. the highlight reel of like, this was amazing. And this was the art and the like community and da, 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 da. But like, what's the authentic real thing. And I think that that, like, if you're at home and you're being authentic and real, like that's the most important thing. And if you're at Burning Man, if you're like in Ibiza, like wherever you are, that's the only yeah. thing that matters. You're like, no, you I was going to say, no one's ever invited me to Burning Man because they know authentically I would never go. <laughs> but I think it's, it's well, well, because like one, you guys know, like mm-hmm. as a psychic, I can't be oh, yeah. a lot of people who are using substances or like big crowds. Yeah. And like, I just don't know, like in this lifetime that does, has not, not that I like support it and I love it and I like all the photos and like, I feel really excited about that. But my authenticity is like, I can't be in a big crowd. <laughs> yeah. And I love honestly, camping. Sorry, but, you yeah. just reminded me a huge thing. So now everyone has their cell phones, right? And then we have Instagram and there's even uh, Wi-Fi on the playa now, which there never used to be oh, there back is? in the day. Back in the day, you weren't, you were not allowed to take a picture of another person without their permission, period. And it was a huge no, no at Burning Man. So like, if you did have a camera, which most people didn't, if you did have a camera with you, cause now we all have our cell phones, right. But back in the day, you had to literally bring a camera out. You had to ask for someone's permission and people weren't really taking pictures because everyone was naked at Burning Man. So no one wanted to be like taking all these pictures. So the fact that the, the pictures and the media and the sharing, all of that, is such a huge thing that's changed. So also e-bikes. like e-bikes. Okay. Shana <laughs> knows my whole rant about burning man. Um, okay. But Steffi, did you bring any tea to the table? Because I Shana did. Didn't. I might have. <laughs> I did. Well, I have, I have two teas, but I'm going to go with the one that's like the most current that's bubbling up over the, over the past weekend. And I know when we air this, maybe things might have like settled, but are you guys like seeing the Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher stuff that's been no. going on? No, I saw Never heard one of it. thing, uh, like just a picture of them, but I didn't know what it was about. Okay. I'll fill you in. And I just want to do a trigger warning. Cause it, we are going to be talking about harder topics like sexual assault. So oh basically, yeah. So basically, um, Danny Masterson, this guy who was in, do you guys know him? He was yeah, in the guy that from 70s, 70s show. show. 
So he just got convicted, sentenced 30 years of life for two rapes. Yes. Sexual assault. So these 30 years to life. And these are for, you know, sexual assault that he, he did like, I think it was like 20 some years ago. So this has been huge in the news because obviously like they didn't have like DNA evidence at this time. and, And it was all word of mouth and it was all witnesses who were around at the time. And they just convicted him. Now that was the big first part of the news. The second part of the news is that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis wrote in defense of him to the judge. Like he's such a good guy. Like, you know, he's been a role model to me. And then also there was something like, please don't take him away from his daughter and his family. And people were shocking to me, shocking. And then it was an uproar because then they released this video, this apology video. And in the video, the vibes were just horrible. They were, it was completely rehearsed. Mila Kunis looks pissed the entire time. And I just looked up her chart. So we'll talk about that um, because she's got a lot of fire. (laughs) So, and, and Ashton is just like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be, you know, and and I'm obviously paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of like, we didn't intend that to be released to the public. It was only for the judge. Basically like they were pissed that they had to apologize. And my psychic hit on all this was, first of all, (gasps) I've never liked Ashton Kutcher. Like People in high school would always tell me like, watch punked and stuff. And I'm like, I was so vocal like that. There is something off about that guy. And I will sing it to the cows come home. There is something freaking weird about him. And now I know like there's all these interviews coming out of him from punked and saying things about Hillary Duff when she was underage. And like, he is a creepy dude. And now it's just damage control, but this just happened over the weekend. So hearing that, I haven't heard any of this. Okay. This and has been I love news. Mila Kunis and I just I love watched, her. I just watched the movie on Netflix, Luckiest Girl Alive, which is literally about uh, being raped in high, in college, no, in high school. And like she, play, she plays a victim and that was raped. And it's like so empowering towards like her. And it's like a crazy story. And so I'm just shocked that she would be defending a but when you say you love Mila Kunis, you mean you love her as an actress, like you exactly. love the movies that she's been in. Yeah, I don't you know her. Like we don't exa- know any and of these people. <laughs> but that's the whole thing with celebrities is like we see them in this movie and they're like, yeah. you know, playing out the the story that we might really identify with a story that's written totally. by some other person. And so then like it feels like we know them, but really we don't. And like the whole, I feel like just recently in the last few years, in general, the stories about Hollywood, about child actors, about teenage actors are coming to the surface and there's darkness there. These teenagers that have been sexualized, the patriarchy, like, you know, it's like a time where the, and it's crazy that that happened 20 years ago, the original incidences and that it's coming to light now. Now. Oh, there's, oh, there's even more tea with Ashton Kutcher though, too. (gasps) I forgot Uh about that. Ashton was a prime witness in a murder case. And I know he, he basically went to go pick up this girl for a date and found her dead body. And she was stabbed like 40 times to death by a serial killer. But he, instead of him, like going and calling the police, he went and called his publicist and his team first and asked what he should do. Yeah. I mean, I, he's so young. I mean, I understand that he was so like, young and also like, like at that what time, what would you do? I mean, <laughs> like, that's I, like, I, I guarantee unprecedented, you was in, he like, was in situation. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally. Like, I don't know what I would have done, but, but people are just saying like, but that's also like, just goes to show Hollywood. He was so nervous about like himself getting in trouble when he did nothing wrong. Right. You know, he walked in and saw obviously, yeah. but there's just things that don't make sense about them. Like, why did he, how did he walk what? in? How did he see it? Like things are not connecting for me in my brain. Wow. Well, yeah. That is a crazy story. So crazy. I haven't heard any of this. I like don't pay attention to celebrities. Um, but I feel like, well, cause I every one, like, three, every one, three, every I know one, three. is in, in the know, they know about the thing. And I love it because they vet for me, the most fascinating conversations. And so I'm really grateful that you're bringing this, but I had yeah. no idea. I actually like genuinely don't care about celebrities, but when there's stuff that goes on, I instantly run to see their birth charts because I want to understand yeah. them from. So what's modality. the charts? And so, you had that feeling about him this whole time. So it's like immediately like clicks for you of I've had this weird it was feeling a about gut him. feeling. And even like with his Demi Moore thing and stuff, I don't know why I just, you know, and that happens. You're never wrong though. I mean, Sometimes, there's been so many times in our relationship where you'll be like, Ooh, that guy, like he, you know, something like he, he is abusive. And I'll be like, really? I don't think so. I don't think so. Then like a year goes right. by and then it's like, boom, reveal like all this shit. And I'm like, Steffi was right. I'm always saying Steffi was right. Like the Steffi big one right. that Steffi was so right was like the one season that I actually watched the bachelorette when it was Katie's season. And that guy, mm. um, the guy that we, we all loved him like Greg or something like yes. that. And Steffi's yes. like, he's a narcissist. You guys are going to see. And I was like, you are tripping girl. He's so cute and sweet. And then boom, last episode plot. Literally. Insane. You were right. You were right. But Anyways, I don't want to okay. get too bit too big of a head because like I also shouldn't be willy-nilly diagnosing people with mental disorders. And Andrew, <laughs> Andrew has called called me out from that. But I can say that I do feel the vibe almost instantly. And I try to separate the art from the artist. You know what I mean? Like I do like yeah. Ashton Kutcher movies. Like I like I mean, I, I, oh, yeah. I really like Mila Kunis, like as a person, like I, I genuinely like, I like her interviews. So anyway, let's look at their charts. Wait, um, can I just yeah. say one thing before you go, you said, I'm going to sing this till the cows come home. And then you also just said, I shouldn't be doing this willy nilly. And those two Midwest phrases girl. are such classic old man vibe, like <laughs> phrases. They're so good. I just wanted to acknowledge that. Okay. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. That well, because I do that all the time and you too, like being my you best do friend, it all the time. Call me out on it. You're like, I, I am an old man. You're like, that's the golden ticket. Okay. I shouldn't be <laughs> doing that willy nilly. Who says willy nilly? Okay. It's me. Um, yeah. Dana's on the opposite spectrum where she's like, that's fucking sick. I'm so stoked. That's dope. Like, that's on, are that's you an God. 18 year old boy with a backwards hat on? <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's on God. Sheesh. Like that's you. Yeah. I didn't, I don't mean to, I just yeah, like a yeah. wife beater shirt. Well, is that even the, the phrase? I know. I hate yeah, that. It's called the wife beater. Okay. That well, let's just say a white tank up. top backwards hat. That's how you talk. And, and Steffi talks as if she has a walker in front of her. Well, do you know why? Because I'm channeling dead people all the time that are like oh. in their 80s. And I swear, I, I told you the story one time I said like, that's the ticket or something. And my friend said my <laughs> my voice and my eyes like glazed over like I was actually possessed <laughs> by an 80 year old man when I said it. Because sometimes I swear like when the cows come home, I don't think I've said that recently. Like someone's here with me. Um, Maybe one of your grandparents. I don't know. Anyway, maybe. uh. 
<laughs> Let's look. Okay. Mila's is pulled up first. Okay. So she is a Leo sun, a Sag rising and a Scorpio moon. Wow. That is extremely spicy. Oh, Scorpio moon. Wow. I see in her eyes. She's such like intense, like really beautiful dark eyes. That's very, um, Scorpio sun rising or moon. Leo son, but watch her apology video for anyone's watching. Um, and see the anger coming out of her is so fire sign. Like she's hissed about something and I don't know what, but there's something Mm. interesting there. Um, I don't have her full chart. Do I? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, her, her Scorpio moon is in the 12th house. There's a lot of things that are hidden. So is her Jupiter and her Saturn. So there's things we don't know about her. Um, Ashton Kutcher is an Aquarius sun a Gemini rising and an Aquarius moon. Oh, he's got a lot of Aquarius. He's got an Aquarius stellium. That's interesting. Wow. But and I will, Gemini rising, you said. Yeah, but I will say I've heard that he's done like a lot of really like admirable things for, I guess, like sex trafficking and like in victims in the past. So yeah. that, that feels very Aquarian aligned to me. Um, I don't know exactly. I don't know if maybe these celebrities were just raised in fame in different ways. And maybe that screwed with them. And also like times were a lot different back then. I don't know exactly what happened in Hollywood or the patriarchy and things like that, but shit's coming up. Wow. Shit is coming up. I think that's the big theme right now is like shit's coming up in general. Like anything that was stuck under the rug, like it's getting aired out and that's the time. Do you believe in cancel culture? Like what's your theme? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Mm. it's a cancel culture is a really interesting part of the way that we're changing. And I think like, I obviously don't like people being bullies or like online targeting, especially when it's unfair. But I also think the heat from cancel culture is actually making a lot of change because people are so afraid of getting canceled. So I mean, I want everyone to stand in integrity and I want everyone to be kind and compassionate. And like, it, that's not real. Like it's not a perfect world. Like not everyone is going to always be honest and integrity and authentic. Like that's the space that I hold for the world that I want. But I do think that cancel culture culture is really changing stuff because yeah. it it's like, you know, there is no hiding like there. And that's actually one of the perhaps, um, benefits of having the social media and the way that we do, like there's, it's never been easier to speak to a celebrity, you know, by just like DMing them on their Instagram or commenting, you know, having such an influence on other people. So I think that there's people, um, who use that for positive. And I think that there's also people who do just troll the shit out of other people and it's not done in integrity. So I think it's very multifaceted, Yeah. but in the end, like zoomed out perspective, I think it's a good thing that like the time is up that we can call each other out, that we can put heat on one another without needing to be in a position of great power. Like for example, to be the head executive of a network, just a person can actually make more change on social media and things like that. What what do you guys feel about it? Yeah. I feel like it helps, you know, uh, people take accountability, like it forces people to take accountability, which I think is overall a good thing, but I do think that it can definitely be used, um, like anything in excess and, um, like people just wanting to freaking 
catch you on anything and like go overboard and use it as a tactic, like a form of bullying. And ultimately that's because they're avoiding something in their own life that they feel like they have no control over. So they're trying to control your narrative because they feel like they can't control their own. And so I think that, you know, when people are like waiting for you to slip up and then like film it or be like, aha, look, you suck. Like that's like, okay, like look deeper into your, like, where are you feeling that within yourself? Um, mm-hmm. but I do think when it's like, you did a bad thing and you are actually not learning from anything and you have zero respect for other people, like then the little guy can, uh, force that accountability through, you know, people seeing it and it going viral and it going, you know, public and, then they have to apologize or get canceled and lose opportunities. And so I do think that, you know, it's, it's just, it's all about balance. Everything, everything's all about balance right. in general. That's literally the only reason why we exist is because of yin and yang and polarity. So literally like, and karma too. all about balance. So like taking accountability for a mistake, it doesn't even matter how big, if you're in the public eye or how I or how small, like taking accountability and being like, I screwed up is the most human thing you can do. So when there's sincerity there and there's an apology and there's like recognition of like, I messed up, doesn't matter how change in behavior and change in behavior. So again, it's like, I believe humans make mistakes. I think it's a big part of our lessons. And maybe that's the karma they signed up for to be exploited in some way, but it's also about like, how can I fix that and make a change? And, and I think a lot of these people aren't doing stuff out of like malicious intent, even though sometimes maybe yes. So I always think like, okay, I want, I don't want to just like immediately like follow people and like cancel people because everyone else is, but I also want to give people the opportunity to grow and change and evolve. Like we all are supposed to. Yeah. Okay. I do have a current event. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Give it to us. My current event that I have been really observing lately is with the housing market and how it's so freaking expensive. It's insane. Like literally, especially in California, like homes are millions of dollars, like baseline for like a regular house. And it's shocking to me that they're still being bought. And so my realization is people have money. Like people have money and people don't have money. A lot of the world, the majority of the world don't have money. And I'm really just like, I've been observing lately how everything is relative. Everything is like, you can be with this group of people and feel like, holy shit, like I'm rich. Like I'm literally like, they look at me like I'm a millionaire. And then I can be with this group of people and they're like, that bitch is poor. Like she doesn't have shit. And I'm like, and then I feel like, well, shit, like I need to, I need to strive. I need to be better. And then I look at the housing market where it's like, okay, I'm grateful for the home that we have. And there's people snapping up these five, six, seven, $10 million homes, like all the time. And so my point with this is saying that it's almost like you can jump into a different timeline or like realm when you go into the perspective of like everyone around me, everyone that I see is buying $10 million homes or everyone that I see is struggling and literally can't buy a house because everything's so fucking expensive. And like the, um, the ability that we have to see and navigate and 
feel those extreme polarities, but how it's happening at like literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people are in one of those two worlds right now. And like our ability to be able to bounce from the each side, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like on one hand it's fucking nuts. And then on the other hand, I'm like, wait, people have money. People have money. And I think the narrative like collectively is like, no one has money. Everyone's struggling. Everyone's poor. The economy, everything sucks. And like, yes, I think that's true. But I also think that like the side that people don't talk about is like, there's a lot of people that have a lot of money. And so I think that when you focus on the thing that you don't want more of, you're going to have more of it. And when you, whatever you focus on, you create more of in your life while still not gaslighting yourself. If that makes sense. Like to be like, okay, I like my reality is that I don't have money, but there are people that do. But if I'm focusing on how everything sucks, no one likes their job. No one has money. No one can buy a house. No one can whatever. That's all you're going to ever see. And so I just had the opportunity this weekend to just really bounce around because I was around a lot of different groups of people this weekend, like from different points in my life. And, um, just seeing the perspective shifts of like, this is facts. And then like literally two hours later, hanging out with different people and be like, no, this is facts. And mm-hmm. it's just, and they have like, like a totally saying, different like, you are perspective the, on the world. Your reality is like made up of the five people that you spend the most time with, like that frequency, mm-hmm. like that, you know, um, is so true. And just, just seeing the polarity in that. I think is something that we're all experiencing. I do think it is a current event because shit is fucked right now, but also mm-hmm. like someone's buying these homes. <laughs> Otherwise they wouldn't be on the market for that much money for so long. They would have to go down because demand isn't there for them. So it's like mm-hmm. someone's buying them. I don't know them, but someone is like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel don't about get this? Me- don't get me started on um, inequality distribution of resources because that fires me up. Like yeah. talking on like the the 3D plane politics kind of thing like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, like I can get really revved up really fast about it because billionaires being protected because they in quote, create amazing jobs and the trickle down effect, like is fucking bullshit. bullshit. These billionaires are not creating amazing jobs. The people that own Walmart, all of their employees that are working on Walmart, they are the number one company that all of their employees are on welfare while they have a full-time job because their full-time job who is hosted by a billionaire cannot pay their life. So don't get me started on the physical plane, but you're talking about the energetic plane of it. And that's really true. There's different ways that we can look at the same thing. And something that's really interesting, like, uh, this summer, I gave myself permission to just start being more delusional in life because I think that (laughs) I was just going to say, Dan, being delulu is the Lulu. That's what they say. (laughs) Yes. But I was exactly what I was just going to add being delusional. Okay. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) Yes. I gave myself permission this summer because like I, you know, I grew up in an area with a lot of diversity and seeing different, you know, perspectives on like different ways of life. And maybe your family has a different background and maybe there's, you know, systemic racism and systemic injustice that is involved in your privilege. Like all of that has, um, which I'm grateful to have experienced because it really gives me this awareness of like, what the average person is really experiencing. And I like to feel that I like to be in touch with the pulse of like what people's reality is. And at the same time, 
I think if you're ever going to put yourself in a position where you expand into the level of prosperity, where you can actually have the resources to make a big change in this world, which is what I want for myself, you have to give yourself permission to let go of that reality and to be Delulu. And it's the only way like to see yourself shift that quantum leap, to see yourself shift that quantum timeline, um, is also really important. Those are such stark contrasts that I think sometimes it's really hard to hold something that is that polarized, but I think that's the answer. But I do think it's important to be in touch with both ends a little bit. It doesn't have to be like 50, 50, but I think it's important to have both. And there's certain things. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and that the majority of people who do have homes and that are buying homes had so many resources and opportunity to them from a young age, from their race, from their culture, from their town, from their family, like the opportunities and the privilege that, that you have is so different than, you know, where somebody else is starting off. And that idea of timeline jumping is something that I feel really, um, passionate about because I've done that so much in my life. Like I didn't have Mm -hmm. all the opportunities from a young age. I didn't have loving, supportive parents to help me. I didn't have, like, I literally am like the only person in my family that's like getting, that's gotten married or that's, you know, felt in love with their life, or that's like, you know, gone and, and made a career for themselves. Um, there's so many things that it's like, I had to literally jump timelines and like, be delusional to then create a different reality. But like you said, you have to be willing to let go of your current reality while still acknowledging that like, yeah, this sucks. And like other people have it a lot easier or have more opportunities. And like, this is hard and there isn't one solution. You don't know where the fuck you're going, but no one does. So if you can just let go of that reality and then jump those timelines. So I think that there's just so much at work there. Um, but it's, it's crazy because I think that we're all so much more empowered than we could ever know because we are mm-hmm. literally God, God creators. And yeah. Yeah. But then we're just like, have this like mask of fucking chaos and confusion and like circumstances that make us feel like we aren't God and that things have to be harder than they are, but we're so much more empowered in this one moment right now, not some way down the road after you've reached all your goals, but like right now in this moment you are so much more empowered than you think you are, than you can even comprehend that you are. And so it's like, okay, how can I tap into that? You know, like in general. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Steffi. No, it's okay. I don't even remember what I was going to say. It probably wasn't important. Um, <laughs> you were channeling something good and I was like, go with it. Uh, I Well, first of all, like being a millennial, it's like, what other crisis will happen? Like I'm like so... <laughs> I'm literally so over everything. <laughs> like when you're like, oh, yeah, interest, interest rates are 89%. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah I'll never, I'll live, <laughs> I'll live anywhere, wherever. But what I can say actually just to like really, really break this down and what you can control. I always like to look at our astrology charts at your fourth house, which rules home. And, uh, you know, in astro cartography too, like, I like to look at like the things that are going to up my vibration energetically if the planets, but then also my fourth house, I'm like, okay, my fourth house is in Virgo. I know I need plants around. I know I need like more frugal ho- housing. I know I need this and that. So if you can just kind of 
think, I mean, obviously there's so many other issues conditionally, systematically going on in the world, but if you wanted to remove yourself or even the reprogramming from your childhood, like very similar, Shana, like there's things that happened in my childhood that really affect the way that I feel in my own home. What makes me feel safe? Um, how I was raised, like my house going into foreclosure things like that really affect me and my money mindset. So it's more so like, how do we remove ourselves and how do we just get into a place of like, is this conditioning? Is, is this like reprogramming I need to do? Or is this like, am I just going to be delusional and just be present and just let, let life pass me by or let life excite me. So anyway, that Mm -hmm. I always like to break it down in that way. When I feel out of control, like right now, I can't really control the interest rates. I can't me. I can't go out there and be like, can I speak to you? It's like, no. So what I, what I can control is my, (laughs) my environment. I don't know where that came from. Um, When you, when Whatever that voice was that you just did, your microphone blocked it out because it, it was too loud. So we oh, didn't, we just yeah, heard, we like, were laughing because you sounded like a little mouse that was like on a faulty microphone. Oh, I said, <laughs> I said something like, I can't go up and say, Hey guys, will you change the mortgage rates for me? But it was in a, oh. it was in a higher oh, pitch. It did sound like a mouse. Yeah. yeah. Wait, the fact, the fact that oh, my so mic, cute. the fact that my microphone doesn't like my characters is like more telling of like my energy right now. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So to wrap up this session, we want to play a game and we're going to play the game. Mary fuck kill. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Those, these words in this game are so harsh. (laughs) The words in this game are so harsh, but we're just going to roll with it because it's a game. Um, let's do do fire speed round. Like, okay. Fire speed round. I only brought one. Did everyone just bring one? Just one. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll go first. So, uh, scary spice, posh spice, and baby spice. (gasps) Oh my God. Scary, scary, posh, and baby. Marry, fuck, kill. Okay. Mine's guttural. Um, I would marry scary spice because I'm obsessed with her and I've been obsessed with her since I was little. Um, I would probably fuck baby spice and I'd kill posh spice. Oh, damn. <laughs> I would marry posh spice. <gasps> I knew you were going to say that you posh bitch. Okay. Yeah, and I would fuck baby and kill scary. <gasps> the opposite wow. of you, but we're both still fucking baby spice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do a threesome. How about you G? <laughs> okay. For hands down, I would kill posh. I would marry oh baby God. and I would fuck scary. Damn, that's pretty good. But that like, why, you both want to kill Posh Spice, and that my Scorpio yeah. loves her. She, well, I, I love her. She's too. so annoying and bitchy. When I was a kid, oh. I thought that, but as an adult, I come around and I'm like, yeah, oh, you I love her in that end of the spectrum. But also, like in our whole life, like when since we're millennials and we're elder millennials, we dressed up as the Spice Girls. Like some people listening to this are like, who's the Spice Girls? Probably. Um, like younger people, but we all like, it's time to go to bed. That's you. <laughs> and I always had to, to school. be baby. Or actually, I always go to school. Wait, which, <laughs> which Steffi, did you always have to be ginger or did you always have, to I was be always scary. I was always scary. <gasps> oh, you were scary was my favorite. And I wanted Same. to be here, but people made me be baby because I'm blonde and blue eyes. I would, I would toggle back between baby, but scary was my jam. Like, because everyone yeah, was like, she's my fave. She was outspoken. She was fun. She yeah. was all the rest were boring in my opinion. Honestly, me too. For me, Same. I mean, I, as a kid, I had like 
hardly any people in the media that looked even remotely similar to me. And I have zero awareness centers in my body. So like I was constantly trying to figure out like, what do I look like in general? Like, am I white? Am I black? Am I not? Like everybody's constantly telling me like, you're white. And then other people are like, no, you're not. And so anyways, as a kid, I was constantly looking in the media, like, who do I look like? And I would see little black kids and I would be like, I don't look like them. I'd see little white kids. I'd be like, I don't look like them. Like, who do I look like? And I have zero awareness in her at all telling me anything. And so I'd be like, I look like posh spice because she's got dark hair and she's tan and she's not like white, white, but she's not like something else. Like she's kind of ambiguous. And so even though I don't look like Victoria Beckham that in my like little kid mind, it was the closest thing I could Mm -hmm. find. Whereas like my sisters look like scary spice, but like I didn't. And so it was just like so confusing to me. So anyways, I think maybe I have some deep rooted conditioning where like I can't believe you guys even said you'd kill Posh. I'm just kidding. Oh, because she said <laughs> she's so bitchy. Well, listen, the part, of the, the part of the game is one of them has to go. And unfortunately, yeah. let's get to better. Okay, I'm going to yeah. bring one okay. to okay. next. <laughs> you guys are going to die. Okay, Ra Ruhu, who's the inventor, <laughs> <laughs> who's the inventor of human design, the Dalai Lama or Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. <laughs> oh, Wow. Oh my gosh. gosh. This is actually pretty easy for me, but I love this, Steffi. This is a great one. Okay. I was going to pull raw. I would kill Deepak because he just is a little bit egoic to me sometimes, even though I love him. I would, um, I would marry the Dalai Lama. Although recently he's been a little, there's like some scandal thing where he like kissed a young boy. Have you guys heard about yes. this? Oh yeah. That, that was, was weird. I'm Real not, creep. I haven't looked into it. So I actually don't know anymore, but that's what I would have but, said like five years but, ago. Marry him. You said, yeah. Cause I used to really love him, but oh. now I'm second. He's older. He answer. might, he might be leaving. Soon. People thought maybe he has <laughs> d- dementia. Um, and then, yeah, I would fuck Ra Ruhu, but I would also, I don't think I could marry Ra Ruhu, but I would fuck him. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't fuck him, but I would like choose him in that category, but like never actually do it. Um, no, yeah. no, not in real life. <laughs> I know. In, I know. Um, what's your answer, Steffi? Okay. So my answer is, oh my gosh. Okay. So I think I would kill Ra Ruhu <laughs> only because he gave us what he needed to do and channeled, channeled human design. And that's all we really needed him for. Damn. <laughs> so we'd kill him. I think I would marry Deepak because I love his voice and it's like very, and I, I get what you're saying, Dana, but like, he's just got a chill energy. I just feel like we would vibe together at home and I would probably fuck Dolly Lama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Say that out loud. I know or, this is like or, hard to say. Right. The worse, the worse the options are, the funnier the game is. I know that's why I said that. Okay, maybe I might just swap and then fuck Deepak Chopra and probably marry the Dalai Lama because he only has a, maybe a couple years left. Yeah, yeah, and then you're free. Okay, then I'm free. Smart. I'm free. Strategy. with this conversation. I mean, this is impossible, but I think I would. Oh, I think I would marry Ra Ruhu just because uh-huh. I want to pick his brain. I want to ask That's him true. all the things. Yeah, we love him. But like, so much. you know, I want to decode him a little bit. Um, and I want to get through some of the ego, but also like he's fucking genius. Yeah, um, he's a genius. He's literally like insanely insane. Um, so I think I would marry Ra. I would um I feel like his spirit's here and he's like, yeah. Me, oh, yeah, definitely. 
Well, then I'm like, yeah, you every time marry... I speak his name, yeah, I feel same. Him. like he's here right now. Like, thanks for not killing me. Um, <laughs> I, I would marry him. I would, um, mm, I think I would, I would have like a really spiritual fuck with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> like one, like <laughs> spiritually enlightened fuck, <laughs> um, like on like a Himalayan cliff, like in a with, bathhouse wait, somewhere. Candlelight. Like, yeah. By candlelight and like go, like go to some alternate dimension fuck with the Dalai Lama. And then I would definitely kill Deepak. No offense to him. Um, he just didn't fit into the other categories. Isn't the Dalai Lama <laughs> celibate? Like, yeah, he's not but like, that's why I'd be like, so spiritual. <laughs> I'm energetic. So like, it would be like, oh, a, okay. It would be like An a energetic fuck. fuck. Oh, I, death. I, I second that. Oh my God. Okay. Shana, what's yours? Oh, oh, okay. Um, okay. Would you, oof, oof, these are all good. Okay. Um, Mary fuck kill uh Obama <gasps> Oprah <gasps> they don't have to be male right no I didn't no. know okay Obama Oprah and Eckhart Tolle oh that dang. is brutal all people that you love so who you gonna kill oh, oh I don't wow. know about that I'm sweating I don't want to kill anyone of those no but you have to because of this game this fucked up game that we chose to play. Um, okay, definitely I would fuck Obama. We all know that. And <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> and I think I would marry Eckhart Tolle. I really love him. He's one oh, of the first don't. spiritual teachers that really just got me. And I could just, I could spend time with him, like, you know, sustained time. And then Oprah, I love Oprah so much, but I think I would kill her. Also. <laughs> These words, I can't. If I had her, to, like, in Herbert the skeletons in the background, like <laughs> his mouth's open. I feel like everything we say, he's yeah, like judging he's it. Celebrating. He's, he's celebrating. He's a hype man. He's he like, really, yeah. yeah. Oop, oop. Okay. I- I'm. Did I pass? <laughs> <laughs> you can't okay no okay i think i'd also i think really hard one oh my gosh i think i would also fuck obama yeah i mean he's the most fuckable out of the three i mean i also like my gut like in general just in general my gut said to marry him but honestly i feel like fuckable for sure and then i feel like i'd have to do the same thing as you dana i mean like i love our aquarian queen but she has to go because eckhart tolle like some of those books i've read of his like i've literally but he's immortal heart. with his books so i could kill him and then i could also marry oprah and go up to santa barbara and enjoy the estate so yeah so now i'm gonna switch i'm gonna marry oprah and kill her <laughs> totally because i want to be in santa barbara living high on the hog with oprah high on the hog that was another old man saying that he just came out high with. on the hog yeah, what does it even mean okay shana what about you um yeah I mean I I think I planted those into your brain just now um or I swayed you somebody said to me this week and I was at a, a freaking wedding of like from like my childhood like around my childhood high school people that I haven't seen forever and somebody was like that's what you do Shana you whittle people down to get to their truth and I was like is that what 
too. They're like, yeah. I see you over there whittling away at like whoever I was talking to. Well, you're a Scorpio. Like, That's a and part a projector. Of like I wanted to get to the root of something anyways. Um, whittler. So my phrase, like I'm going to whittle If you, you were down. a superhero, you'd be the whittler. <laughs> <laughs> and you Hopefully just ask people in- such intense questions that they just explode and then you oh. kill them. <laughs> Jesus, I extract their extract their essence. Um, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, definitely fuck Obama, kill Eckhart, marry Oprah. Like yeah, you have to marry. I, I feel like you have to marry Oprah because like but did you know-, you know did you know that Obama is Leo Sun Aquarius rising? So I read online and he's a projector. He's like a projector. Oh, that's your soulmate. He's- I know anyone that's a Leo sun Aquarius rising. I love them. Like we that's you. get down. I know. So I'm like, what does that say about me? I think it's like the Leo, like no, self-centeredness. I think that's great. Like we're supposed I to love, love ourselves. Oh my I gosh. I love Leo sun Aquarius risings. Anyways, we apologize to all the listeners for playing Mary fuck kill, but also yeah, I know. it goes with the theme of the spooky season. So we love you and, yeah. and, and right you for being here. I was going to yeah. say, write, write either of us on our Instagrams or email us and let us know what games or what topics you want us to cover next. Like we would love to hear your feedback. Well, next month is going to be yes. October. We'll need an even spookier game, like, like murder, massacre, serial kill. Well, you know, I'm on, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm on that. Spook. No, I we're going to do ghost stories. Yeah. Or we could play an entire round of mafia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, live on air. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to get listeners to join us. I'm Joe Shana, your face. You're like, I would never. Um okay. Wait, is Shana oh, frozen? She's frozen. <laughs> she's frozen with the most inquisitive face ever. I, I, uh, <laughs> okay, Steffi, tell our listeners where they can find you and your offerings and what you're most excited about right now with your offerings. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at spirit underscore sis on TikTok spirit sis or my website spiritsis.com. What I'm excited about always is my astrocartography courses and I teach people how to read astrology, you know, how to read their own birth charts. <laughs> Bye, Shana. Um, Shana disappeared for a second. Oh, there she is. Oh. She's back. Hey, that was insane. It's very retrograde. Okay. Um, I'm excited about teaching people astrology. And also on my Instagram, I I tell people like ghost stories and fun things. And then on TikTok, I do psychic medium readings. So that's, I'm a man, Jen. So for anyone, you know, they know me, uh, that's what I do. How about you guys? Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So people can find us on Instagram at dayluna. Our website is daylunalife.com. And we're most excited about our online membership, your human design besties. It's such a fun place to explore the transits together. We meet for virtual gatherings where we really get to connect with other people. Every month we share new mini courses about human design. So if you're wanting to learn more about human design, it's such a fun place to do it. Plus we have like a whole library with meditations and tappings. It's just the most awesome community ever. So if community and sisterhood and developing yourself is something that you're focused on, you might want to check out that membership. And also our human design reader training 
training. Like we've been doing this program where we've been helping people kiss their nine to five goodbye. And in that process, I think so many people are realizing they want a modality that helps people find their truth and find their soul's purpose and navigate life. It's the most important thing that we can do. So our online human design reader training is such an amazing resource. And we love being able to help teach people everything you need to know to actually start giving readings, to even create your own business as a human design reader, to create that freedom for yourself, where you can really work in a way that's aligned for you. And also to be really helping people align with that soul's purpose. So that's available on our website, daylunalife.com. Yes. And our book, your human design, which you can find anywhere books are sold. Um, if that's how you're wanting to dip your toes into human design and just like explore and see what's out there, our book is life-changing. It's so helpful, so practical and practical. It's practical and it's so cute. So, um, yeah, you can find that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the things. Yay. We'll talk to you next time. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.